What's good? What's good? Y'all doing all right tonight? Man, how was worship? Boy, hey, I'm telling you, man, worship is fire. Fire. If y'all know what it is, look it up. Urban Dictionary. Man, thank you, Aaron, for introducing me, man. I appreciate you, bro. Um, thank you for allowing me to serve alongside of you um, and being a pastor to me. Thank you so much. So, Fusion, I'm back. I'm back in my bag, Ra. Back in my bag. Hey, so um, I have the honor and privilege to be the speaker on tonight. Uh, this is my second time on the platform. Um, so honored. This is amazing. Uh, as if you don't know, David and Amber are actually in Paris right now on their sabbatical. So uh, while mom and pop is gone, me, Eric, and Rebecca is holding down the fort. So hopefully we don't burn nothing down, break anything. Everything will be good by the time they get back. Uh, I want to give a quick shout out to my family, friends that are here, all supporters. Thank you all so much for being here. But most importantly, we have some special guests in the building, and it is the graduating class of the Capitol, Capitol Seniors. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. All seniors, stand up. Y'all give it up for them. Yeah, yeah. The graduating class of Capitol. That's 2018? How y'all used to say that in school? 18? Y'all scream 18, 18. That's how y'all did it. Oh, y'all got gang signs for it too? G! My job, I graduated in 09, so we was out here like this. 09. <laughs> hey, man, so, um, man, I thank y'all for coming today. Uh, we have a special, special night for you guys after service. But I just want to say to you, um, I'm so glad that you're here because statistics say when you turn 18, you leave the church. From you being in city and now the capital, then capital and now fusion, we're trying to bridge that gap for you. And we really want to come alongside of you and just help you out and just to live life to the fullest in Christ. So we thank you for coming out to fusion. We hope you stay. And we also have done something amazing. We're starting our first small group for the Fusion Freshmen. Y'all give it up for them. The Freshman Class of Fusion. So, man, I just continue to pray for y'all, man, and just continue to run the race God has laid out before you. Thank you so much for coming. So, as we have the squad. <laughs> we all at squad. Gang, gang, gang. All right. So, since we have the, the new Fusion Freshman here, upon us in the building, and I know a few, you probably have graduated as well. Any other graduates in here? Couple? Shout out, what's some schools? Emory? What's some other schools y'all graduated from? Mercer? What, Tech? Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt, ooh, okay. Ooh, all right, cool. So, as you know, these last couple weeks has been graduating season, but for the people who didn't graduate or already graduated, I feel this is graduation season for you as well. I feel we're graduating out of certain situations, lifestyles, and we're moving forward and graduating to higher callings, right? Higher levels. We're going to, to new horizons right now. And graduation is amazing. We, we go through things. I have, know some people who are going through new uh, seasons in their life, marriage, 
Marky Joe, <laughs> Diana, that boy married, relationships, new jobs, um, leaving the old, going from getting out of relationships, starting a relationship with Christ. Whatever it is, we are graduating to higher levels. And a lot of people like to shy away from graduation. You know, they try to flex like, oh, man, I'm just graduating. No big deal, you know. But it's a big deal, right? You know, for the people who graduated, they've recently uh, seen this and walked it out. And I want to give you a visual of graduation. A few of you probably graduated a few years ago or getting ready to graduate. But for graduation, you know, you're walking into the stadium or the arena. Everybody calling your name. You got your parents there. You know, you finally sit down and you're looking up in the stands trying to find your mama. And you see the crazy one waving like crazy. Hey, baby. Hey. And you throw your hand up. Thank you. Cool. Probably text him or something. Taking pictures, selfies, all of that. And, and while you sit down, you, you kind of just think about the year or the years you've been going through. You know, you see the friends that you had and, and you identify them by the things they've done. You know, the foolishness y'all did, playing around, you know, for high school, it's probably the, the senior superlatives of, you know, most athletic, most handsome, whatever. I think, what I got? I got most unforgettable in high school. Yeah, that's dope, man. Yeah, I like it. I like it. But then you also have the people that you don't know. And for the people you don't know, how do you identify them? Is it by the way that they look? And when you're graduating, you know, if you have honors, you have sashes, you have cords, different color tassel. So it's, if you don't have none of that stuff, you think they're dumb. And if you have it, you think they're smart. Or you judge them by the crowd participation when they get their name called. You know, but I know at all graduations, the announcer says, please hold your applause to the end. But I'm sure y'all mamas didn't do that, did it? Nah, homeboys, none of them, they're going crazy. But when you think about it, we identify the people that we don't know by what they look like. The circumstances that they go through. And a lot of times we get to a place to where we have to build a relationship with them to know who they truly are. Now, for me, I graduated again 2009, June 4th. I always remember that because it was my birthday when I graduated high school. And I think we have a picture coming up. As you see, I'm throwing up gang signs. I was gangster back then. Uh, that's me at graduation. Sashes, cords, color tassel, I, was cum, I think I was cum laude. Um, it was an amazing, amazing moment. I think I got another one. Reconciling cultures. <laughs> we were part of victory. Had to throw that one up there. My homeboys I played football with. And, you know, you may see someone who is handsome, smart, um, <laughs> Good looking and look like he's about his business. Someone who is determined, someone who is focused, someone who has drive. And you can see I have the, the cores of honor. But for me, I look at that picture because I actually know that guy. And to know you may see one thing, but I was actually living the worst life of my life. 
No one can see it on the outside because of the cords that I put around my neck, the cords of honor. But truly, those were chains of bondage for me. Living up to an expectation to try to strive for other people, trying to be better than the next person. Motivations are not in the right place. But the crazy thing about it is I was very, very heavy in that part, and my identity really shifted in that moment. Getting a full scholarship to go to South Carolina State, and it just hindered everything from there. Again, these were chains on my neck. See, in culture, my culture, if you have a chain that makes you a man, anybody ever heard that? Some of you? Well, for me, if you had a chain, you was the big dog. You was the man around town. So for me, every time I broke a chain, I get another chain, I get another chain, break that one, get another one. And getting to a place to where I had gold to silver, went from crosses to Jesus faces, and Gucci man came on the scene. Who all know Gucci? Y'all know Gucci? Burr. So Gucci, Gucci came on the scene with an iced out Bart Simpson on a skateboard. Y'all remember that? I know y'all remember that. That's, y'all remember that? You sure? Well, y'all was born in the 99 and the 2000s, boy. Come on now. So for me, I got to a place where always wearing chains, but didn't understand that the full effect of what those chains had on me. And I was ignorant and and went and got a a, a black diamond uh, Stewie Griffin chain. Spent my whole refund on that chain. Stupid. But I thought I was the man because I was identifying myself with what the world said made you a man. I didn't understand what God was actually saying of what made me into a man and having his image. And that heaviness and those chains carried me most of my life until I came to the best place to be on a Tuesday night. Fusion ATL. And to be exact, I was at that second light from the back where all those chains fell off my life. So Fusion. What cords has turned into chains in your life? What is hanging from your neck that you can't see? How did they get there? Did you deserve it? Is it honors or hindrances? Were they good? Were they bad? Do people identify you by what they see on you? And by doing so, have you been covering up what God had made you to be? From there, you start to ask the question, well, if I don't know who I am, who am I? So today is the day to let you know that the mask will come off tonight. So the title of my message is, Mask Off. Mask On. Forget it, Mask Off. Yeah, yeah, y'all thought out. See, we ain't talking about no Molly's or Percocets and all that stuff. Nah, we talking about the word. We talking about the, the, the image, the mask that was created by culture, by circumstances, by all these different things that we do in the world. 
and we cover up what God actually created. We, we try to move in a, in a place where we try to do what other people want us to do. We try to identify ourselves by the things we do, our jobs, the people we're around. But all that is is just a mask hiding what God has actually created. And even thinking about this title, I think back because me and my dog, BJ, um, every time I got to get right, squat, every time I got to get right for a, a role or if he sees me on TV, he always say, mask on, mask on. Because as an actor, I have to put on something that's not me. Now, for you super Christians out there, y'all like, oh, man, he living two lives. <laughs> nah, that ain't your boy. Because to really portray a character and really get in their shoes, I have to really understand who that is. To now, I do not do anything that hinders me, my faith, or my walk, or any of that. But in the sense to, to really portray something, to really get it across to people from TV and movies, commercials, I want to feel what they feel. And I want to learn how to pray for them in those moments. So for, for most of us, we, we get to a place to, to see these things, but understand in the life that we're living, we all have masks on. We all have masks on, and it's been created by the things of, of the outside world. And I thank God that he allowed me to take those burdens from these characters and give it to him. The same burden that I'll take from the altar if I'm praying for someone, I'm taking it. I want to feel the way that you feel so I can have the passion to give it back to my father. See, God created us in this way to move far in him. And we have to understand who he truly is. Now, as I reflect on high school and college and moving here to Atlanta, I was portraying a life where I had a mask. A mask that was built by society, built by the things that I thought I should have, having the image that I thought was success. When having this mask on, I understood that I wanted to be my father's son. Knowing that these masks that we put up hinder us to speak, see, or breathe, or even be recognizable. Understand, put the vision on it. If you have a literal mask on your face right now, your, your, your image and your vision is blurry. You suffocate because you hardly can't even breathe. And no one in this room could probably point out who you are. That's what we have on us. And I feel tonight is the night where these masks have to fall. See, I created an alter ego, this mask and this image called BG. It was a nickname I had in college from a, a nickname that I had in high school called Baby Goss. See, this nickname was uh, me being a big shot, someone who thought he was the man. Success was money and women to be seen and stunt. But to know that my image was not in Christ at that moment. So to know the image that we should have to have, we have to go back to the word. We have to go to Genesis in the beginning when God created everything. So we'll go to Genesis 1, 26, and it says, then God said, let us make man in our image. Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Now, before we go further, we have to understand what is God's image and his likeness. Now, is his image and likeness a thugged out dread head with a, a Stewie Griffin chain? 
No. Is his likeness someone who sways with the ways of the world and want all the women? No. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds in the air, over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps in the earth. See, before we fully understand who we are, we have to go back to our roots. See, the word said that he made everything and decided that man will be made like us in our image. Understand that the gap that God made from day to night to land to water to plants to animals to us. And we have to understand what his true character really is because the things that God has, he's instilled in us, like personality, our character, morality, the, the moral judgment and, and knowing right from wrong, the spirituality of having a communication with God like Jesus have communication with God. He gave that to us. That is, our, that is him being, making us in his image and likeness. He set us apart from the land, the plants, and the animals because we're his children. The plants are not his children. The land is not his children. But somehow we get off track of what God actually said. And I have three keys to identity that I want to share with you on tonight. First key. It's not about what you do. It's about who you belong to. We say that, you know, we're doctors, we're lawyers, we're preachers, we're actors, we're all these different things. But once that stuff go away, who are you? Understand that we, we are identified by our parents as their child. You know, sometimes they'll say, oh, that's, that's so-and-so little boy. Knowing that's who we are. But if we identify ourselves with our father, that will never leave. It will always stay the same. We have to truly know our identity in him. One thing about it is we get to a place as young adults where we don't fully understand the scope of how things are supposed to go. And we complain about, oh, well, God, God ain't speaking to me or I don't I don't know my purpose. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Well, the thing is, you're waiting for God to say something that he's already said. The thing is, is God is trying to tell you today that you have to identify yourself with me. That's it. And the thing about it is he speaks in his word. But the thing about it is crazy, crazy uh, black culture joke kind of thing. I don't really like it, but I'm going to use it for young adults today because I feel it is about the same. Now, where do you hide something from a young adult? Why? Because we don't like to read. Now, a few of y'all probably do like to read, but not all of you. Yes. But that's, that's what I really feel like that's what God is saying on today. We're waiting for him to speak when he's calling us to read his word and to know that the promises are here. The example to mimic is in here, but we just got to read. Now, my next point, we are not defined by our seasons, but we are designed by our seasons. We are not defined by our seasons, 
but we're designed by them. That is an issue that we have most of the time where we feel like we mess up or we lack, and we don't know how to identify these things, and we try to identify them with us, if that's who it is, but we are designed by the seasons that we go through. Romans 8.28 says that he will make all things work together for the good of those who love him. So if that's the case, understand that the circumstances and situations that's happening, he's actually designing us in that moment. Because remember, we are made in his likeness and his image. Now, for me, we'll, we'll go through places and, and try to figure out like circumstances that we go through and think that's what defines us. When I look through the word, there's a lot of characters here. It's the woman who was caught in adultery. There was the woman at the well. Um, and, and all those people who don't truly have names, they're identified by what they did. But I'm a firm believer that even though we don't know that story, once they found Jesus and understand who he was, they were set free. That can be their name all they want, but that's not who they are. So remember, the things that we go through, that's not who you are. Because what God is actually doing, he's taking this clay, he is the potter, and he's actually forming and molding us to be exactly what he wants us to be. He's removing things. He's shaping us. And, and that is the point where when we get dry, we can be built for what he's made us to be. And he's actually doing that for you right now. I know you feel the pain. I know you feel the struggle. But understand when God actually puts his hand on you, he has to apply pressure. He has to shape and mold you into where he wants you to be. Now, it's times where we get dry. And as a pot, once you're dry, you fix however you was made, right? And what has to happen, you have to get back soft to get the person to mold you into who you are. And I'm going to tell you, for the hearts that are hard on today, I'm going to tell you how it can become soft today at this altar. God is ready to get you back in a place to mold you back into what he wants you to be. But you have to allow him to. We have to allow him to so we can be made for good use. Now let's break down identity and let's define it. See, identity is the fact of being who or what a person or thing is. The state of fact of remaining the same of one or ones. Bless you. As understand various aspects or conditions. The conditions of being oneself or itself and, an, and not another. Conditions or character as who a person or what a thing is. <clears throat> See, the origin of the word identity is Latin, which is idem. Idem means the same. Quality of being identical. And the abbreviation for IDEM is ID. And an ID is the card that identifies who we are. Right? Okay, hold on. Go ahead. Write it down. Do whatever you got to do. <laughs> now, on an ID card, it has information. Correct? It has your name, address, uh, when it was issued, if you're male or female, height, weight, Color my eyes. This thing say I'm 260. Boy, I ain't 260, boy. <laughs> We're going to have to get that changed, boy. I done slimmed up. For real. 
But uh, this is a card that actually identifies who you are. Also has a barcode on it to where no one else can say that, oh, this, that's who you are. So let's go, to, let's go to the airport. You have your boarding pass, and we're actually about to go to Paris to go see David and Amber. All right, because we got to get it in, boy. Now, we go to TSA, and we give them our ID and our boarding pass. TSA looks at your ID to make sure that you are the same, making sure the boarding pass and the names are the same. Say you come into Fusion. You're going by 80 on a 55 on 85. <laughs> whoop, Police come pull you over. Now you give them your license and registration. The officer is looking at your ID to see if you are the... He's also looking at the registration to see if the names are the... Now we go to the bank, go to the post office. We got to get money. We got to get a package. In order to receive something, we got to have the ID card. So we give it to them, and they're looking at the picture. They're looking at your name on the account. Okay. And they're looking for it to be the... Now, so when it comes to our father, he's looking for the lives that we live on a daily, in private and public. And he wants to know if it's the same as the ID card. Now, the book should be a reflection of your life. So it's time to start identifying ourselves, not by what the world says or not what Gucci man says or whoever, we should identify ourselves by our father's voice. He may not speak, but he's speaking and he spoke. Let me get some water on that. <laughs> now, now what happens if you lose this ID card? Well, you messed up. Now, what if you don't have it when you have to show it to the person that you have to give it to? Well, you did. You did, but know that when you go to the airport, you're probably not going to board that plane. You get pulled over, you're probably going to get a ticket. You go to the bank, you're probably not going to get that money. And you go to the post office, you're not going to get that package. And I hate to say it, but... If you don't have your ID card inside of you, I don't know where you'll be in the kingdom. I don't. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but that's what the words say. If it says that we should confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe that he died on the cross for our sins and our sickness then we will be saved. Now, understand that that sucks. It does. And I'm sorry, and I'll definitely be praying. <laughs> but what happens when you've had this ID card for a very, 
very long time. It expires. This card is no longer valid. <laughs> even with having the correct information on it, even though my weight is off, <laughs> you cannot use it, even if it's all correct, it's not the same. See, we hand over our lives over to God, and once your lives have been dead and gone, that life has been expired. But I'm here to tell you the good news. Your IDs can be renewed. They can be renewed. Now, only if you go to the DMV, right? But we're not talking the DMV. We're talking about the feet of Jesus. We're talking about getting before him to confess the things that's been going on, to reveal to him of the things we've done, to say, I want to be renewed. Because we are no longer using the old ID cards anymore because they're expired. You know that God has an expiration date on the old lives that you're living right now? Do you feel, do you really, really understand that? If you're not in a place where you can receive who God is, if you've been battling a lot of different things, God wants you to come to his feet and sit with him. That's all he asks. Understand who he truly is. And, you know, God having this expiration date on the, the lives that are old, and I decree and declare that these old lives will die and they will be renewed in Jesus' name. Understanding that we can walk around and say, we got a new car, y'all. New height, new weight, got my, got my weight changed. You know what I'm saying? Flexing on people, calling me, hey, what's up, girl? Uh -huh, I don't know who you is. <laughs> what's that, new car, new me? Who this? Kind of stuff. But understanding that God is trying to align you to be the same like his word. But I know it's, it's tough at times. It's a struggle. And because of everything we go through with temptation and why we shy away from righteous living, we all fall short of the glory of God, right? But how many times are y'all going to keep falling and hurt yourself or even hurt the people around you? See, the word says that we should be a lamp at our feet and a light to our path so we can see the things, so we can maneuver and go the way that we need to go, so we can see who's in the way, what direction I need to go. Understand that we are salt and light. The favor of God. We're being the light to shine vision into where we're going and where anybody else want to go. He's called us to be disciples. So it's time for our ID cards to be renewed. It's time to no longer categorize ourselves with the characters we see on TV, categorizing ourselves with society or the people around us, but it's time to categorize ourselves with Christ. So who in here wants to be valid? Y'all want to be valid? Well, I'm telling you on tonight, because of the veil that was torn by Jesus Christ, we all wash in the blood of him. We are all valid. We are all sons and daughters. We are all heirs and co-heirs to Jesus Christ. Come on, man. That's an inheritance for us. But we got to sit at his feet. We got to understand who he truly is. Now, 
for the people who say, okay, E, I know who I am in Christ. My life is good. I, I do this. I serve here. I got a small group doing all these things. Oh, I ain't forgot about you. Because uh, we got some things to take care of as, as well. So it's amazing to live that life with Christ. But I'm going to also tell you it's also hard. Definitely. Would you agree? Just as amazing as it is, it's definitely tough. And I was reminded uh, by one of my mentors um, of a challenge that we face. But for her to say it to me, it was mind blowing. And I told her when I say this, I was going to give her the credit. Um, the, the amazing Jeannie Mayo. Y'all give it up. Mom, America's number one youth pastor. We had a conversation, and while she was speaking, I know it was true, and it's simple, but it's profound. And it goes to my third point. Know that the fight to remind yourself of who you are in Christ will never go away. There's no amount of ministry highs, messages you preach, salvations you've seen, altar calls cannot change the fight that we have to put up to know who we are in Christ. Now, does it get easy? Kind of, but it never goes away. She said when she was around our age, she didn't say that it'll go away, but she didn't think it'd be a war zone. So the Jeannie Mayo, who's been pastoring for over almost 50 years, who've done so much for the kingdom, tells me that it's still a fight. And I feel like sometimes we forget that because as high-capacity leaders, small groups, small group leaders, coaches, whatever, if you're serving here, we can get to a place where we get complacent. We get to a place to um, know who we were yesterday, but what if God is saying something to you today? Are we going to allow him to renew our minds daily, like the word says? See, the things that we get to in our lives, that's when the enemy likes to creep around. That's when the creeping, crawling serpent tries to get in our lives. So the enemy is out to steal our identity and change who we are. He does it through circumstances and situations like breakups, losing your job, your finances are low, or not getting the opportunity that you thought was yours. He's finding footholds in our lives to come in and create havoc. But one thing about it is he cannot take the place where God has us. He can't because he's jealous. He's trying to take the place for you to get off so he can take his rightful standing. But that's, that's not what it is. You've been cast out of heaven, bro. You lost that. So that's why we're here. So understand that he is jealous. And the enemy is, has been deceiving us since the beginning. Now let's go back to Genesis 1, uh, 1 verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let him have dominion over the fish in the sea, over the birds in the air, over the cattle, over the earth and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Now, I was in small group, 
Shout out Unashamed United. Where you at, boy? Okay, okay, there y'all go. And that stuck out to me because I've never, I've always read the word, but it's like, for some reason, that was just booming to me. Like, he said that he made us to have dominion over all things. Now, to say that we have dominion over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, probably like two chapters later, we see a serpent, something that creeps and crawls throughout the earth. See, the deceitful ways of the enemies creeping through the cracks shall be demolished by the authority God gave us. So in Genesis 3, it says, now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say? Hmm. Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The enemy like to play with us, don't it? And it's true that he attacks our identity first. Now, if you truly know who you were and if you were identified by the ID, you would know you're darn right. I don't supposed to eat from that tree and have confidence in that. But because the enemy comes in creeping and crawling, he deceives us. And he gives us the question as well, like, did God really say that he made you in his image and likeness? I think that's only the good, good people, the perfect people. That's not you. No. Did God really say that he'll work all things for the good of those who love him? No, he said some stuff. Not everything. That, that's not possible. Did God really say that if we put on his new nature and renew ourselves in him, that we can be made like him? I'm going to tell you this. You can be like God. That's what he's saying. It's these religions out here that think they're gods. Bro, I'm a son. Bro, you tripping. That's what the enemy does. He gets in your mind to tell you certain things like this. Did God really say did God really say that you are an heir to his throne and a co-heir to Christ? You're not like Christ. You'll never be like Christ. So how could he give you that inheritance? That is what the enemy is saying. Did God really say if we accept his son and know by faith and believe in him that he died on a cross and that we'll be saved? Oh, no. It's more stuff you got to do to that. You can't just repeat that and do it in a prayer and think you save. That's what the words say. And from there, in submitting our hearts and our minds and our bodies, we will be saved. Do not allow the enemy to question what God already said. The enemy is trying to cause confusion in our lives and to know that the battle doesn't stop because we know the word. The battle doesn't stop because now we have a church home. The battle doesn't stop because you've been consistent here at Fusion. The battle doesn't stop because you get to preach on a platform. The battle doesn't stop if you've been in ministry for over 50 years. Come on, y'all. We have to renew ourselves. We have to know that the fight to keep our identity in Christ will never go away. So y'all got to get prepared for war. Put your hands up. Yeah. 
Floyd Mayweather that thing, you know? Come on now. Let's go. Bro, we're trying to go to war. Bro, we're called to go to war. And to know God had already gave us the identity and the strength and the courage to win. He said that we're the head and not the tail. Come on. Come on now. We are above and not beneath. We got it. Y'all just got to get right. He wants to sit with you. Give him that time. Renew yourselves in him. Daily. First Peter 5, 8 through 9. It says, stay alert. Stay alert. Watch out for the great enemy called the devil. He is prowling around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. So stand firm against him. Be steadfast. Be strong in your faith and remember that your family of believers all over this world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. One thing the enemy wants you to do is to let you know that you're alone in this. Once he tells you that, what happens? You go over to a corner. You go out by yourself. I don't know who I am. Might as well just chill here. You done lost. You lost your posture. Know that you're not alone. And the thing is, I'll be honest to tell you that I was in the same space. Please don't look at me because I'm on a platform preaching to know that I don't deal through things. I don't go through certain stuff. There was a time where I, me, Erskine, forgot who he was in Christ. And the crazy thing is, is when you forget who you are in Christ, but then you know who you are in Christ. And I'm a, for people who've probably been there, they know because even though I did not know, I knew, but act like I didn't know. I was getting to a place to just, fuck. <laughs> girl, I'm about to go in. <laughs> I was getting to a place where I felt like I wasn't significant, that I had no purpose. And to know that, I'm going to tell you honestly, the worst feeling I ever had is when I thought my sonship was revoked. When I tell you, I know what it's like for a father not to be there in your life. That's why the biggest character of God that I love is him being a father to me. Because he says that I'm a son whom I am well pleased. And even though I saw that in the scriptures and, and, and heard that through prayers, for some reason, I just couldn't grasp it. All of the things I've done got me to a place where I forgot who I was in Christ. And to know that I was able to trample on what the enemy said by going from ground zero and building myself back up. I had to know who I truly was in him and identify myself with him and not other people. So as we close, I want to give you a visual that I feel that most young adults 
kind of go through because we listen to the lies of the enemy, thinking of what we see on TV or what we're supposed to be when we know not who we belong to, when we allow seasons to define who we are and not design us, when we don't know that the fight will always be there, to know that we have to fight for our identity, to know that we're not ourselves, and we've built this mass on top of what God already created. And tonight, I really want you to understand through things in your family, things, pe things that people have spoken over your lives, lies. Understand now, I'm not trying to bash nobody's parents, but to know that my true father in heaven knows more about me than my mom and daddy. That's real. Now, by them according to the word and going in the right direction, yes, they're going to help me be who I am. But I know if God says something different, oh, I got to make a move. Sorry, mama. Sorry, pop. I got to listen. So I feel it's time to take the mask that was put on by family members, friends, lifestyles we live, what other people may portray us to be, and that's not even who we are, but by them speaking it, it came to life. It's time for us to speak truth and not death over our lives. And I feel that the time is now. They know that this mass was built by fleshly desires, social media, family members, and careers and relationships. So tonight, I want you to take off the mask. Put your attention to the screen. <laughs>